name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paisios, one of our beloved recent saints, he said, What I see around me would drive me insane if I did not know that no matter what happens, God will have the last word. So certainly words for our times. The world has so much evil and oppression, so much suffering, so much perversion. It's overwhelming. Daily, we are pummeled and we are buried under news events of tragedies, one after another, tragedies around the world. Things that maybe 50 years ago we never would have even known about. And now we're constantly sent to these things, these tragedies. There's so much pain and so much sadness within the world. And like St. Paisios says, we would go insane seeing all these things around us. And sure enough, there are people who are falling into deep despair and depression. In today's gospel, we see that evil actually has a very long history. This is one of the most tragic passages, probably the most tragic passage in the entire New Testament, except for our Lord's own passion. This gospel reading is incomprehensible how something so horrific could happen just on a whim. Complete senselessness, as you heard in the gospel. Herodias, who was the wife of Philip, went with Philip's brother, King Herod, and so John the Baptist announced this, and she hated him. So she waited for her moment when she could seize upon him and have him killed. And this moment was no less a party, right? A time of joy, you would imagine. And just imagine being one of those guests at this party and having this platter brought in with John the Baptist's head. It's a horrific thought and sight. And our church reminds us of this by giving us icons of John the Baptist holding his head, as we see in the narthex as well. The tragedy is beyond describing. Today our beloved patron saint, the one who leapt in the womb of Elizabeth when he saw Christ, the one who lived in the wilderness in extreme austerity, focused upon our Lord, the one who was the forerunner, telling everyone that Christ the Messiah would be coming, the one who preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and taught the people. And the one who baptized so many people in repentance and then baptized our Lord was slaughtered on this day. A hymn, and the hymns are very descriptive from Vespers and Orthros. A hymn summarizes what happened. Today, the mother of murder, acting with more wickedness than has ever been seen, has roused her utterly wanton daughter to evil against the divinely chosen and greatest of all the prophets. Remember, he was called the greatest born of women by our Lord. For while hateful Herod was celebrating his ungodly birthday, she contrived, according to the oath he had given her for her dancing, to beg for the precious head of the herald of God that gushed forth miracles. Look at the insanity the righteous man and the unrighteous people, the virtuous one 
and those who are without virtue. The dichotomy couldn't be more extreme. And it would make us insane if, if this were the end of each tragedy. All the, if their end is like this, the senseless violence and evil, then we should all go insane. We should all cry out, it's hopeless, forget about everything. We would all go crazy. But St. Paisios says once more, what I, what I see around me would drive me insane if I did not know that no matter what happens, God will have the last word. As Christians, we must hold on to hope. Hope that everything that is evil will be overcome. Hope that no matter how hopeless things look, the good will end. The end will be in good. Even if it's after death, even if it's after everything horrific and atrocious that has happened, we hold on to hope. Hope and the confidence that God will have the last word. God is, as St. Paul says in his epistle to the Romans, the God of hope who fills us with all joy and peace. God will have the last word. We hear this gospel reading today. We just have to look in the news each and every day. We have to remind ourselves, God will have the last word. He will. All of the tragedies of the world will be addressed by him. All of these tragedies. Even death itself. In the funeral service, the epistle that's read during the funeral service from Thessalonians, St. Paul says, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others, as others do who have no hope. Our sorrow is always to a point, to a certain distance, but after that there's hope. Hope in our Lord's mercy. Hope that our Lord will turn the wrong into right. There's a wonderful book, unfortunately it's now also out of print, but it's uh, The Life of St. John the Baptist. Because if we just read the Gospel reading today, and if we looked anywhere else in the Gospels for what happens after St. John's death, we'll read nothing in the Gospels. It's just tragedy, this senseless death. But here's what we understand. This is from the Kondakian for today. The forerunner's glorious beheading by divine allowance occurred so that those in hell would be told the coming of the Savior. And then this author continues, Christ was not only awaited by the living, but also by the dead, who sighed in hell, waiting for their Redeemer. Thus John was also the forerunner of Christ for those sitting in darkness. He also proclaimed the coming of Christ to them. And this is what we sing each day because of our patron saint. We sing, you rejoice to announce the good tidings even to those in Hades that God has appeared in the flesh. Does that sound familiar? This is the joy that occurs that God overcomes this horrible tragedy of the forerunner's beheading. And he, this author continues, the devil, Herod, Salome, and Herodias all acted to this end when they beheaded John one and a half years before the crucifixion of Christ. They acted towards this end. 
what they did resulted in the forerunner announcing to all those in Hades that Christ was coming. For that period, John hastened through hell, preaching the coming of Christ. For one and a half years, he preached on earth, and for one and a half years in hell. And then quoting from another hymn, O Baptist, your holy head cut off, you hastened to hell. As forerunner of Christ, to those therein bound, you heralded redemption. On earth, his disciples were lamenting the injustice of his loss, while below in hell, those in bondage rejoiced to hear the happy news of the coming of Christ. God has the last word. And this is something that we must come back to again and again within our lives. Because few events in history are as senselessly evil and tragic as the beheading of John the Baptist. That gospel reading should bring us tears. Why? Why did this happen? And yet, what came of it? In the Orthros this morning, there was another hymn that said, The tongue that utters the words of God is sent to those in Hades, foretelling them of Christ. Oh, the ineffable providence that you, O Master, have for all. It's within God's providence that this occurred. Why? Because this is the point of what I'm trying to get at. We face many tragedies, and if we believe that those tragedies are the end, then we despair. But God will have the final word, because God is greater. God will take everything that is evil within the world, and these become his building blocks for something even better and more glorious. To be clear, God does not cause evil. This is a heretical thought. Maybe some Christians out there think that God is not the source of evil. We are the source of evil. But you know what? God is not thwarted by that. God is not hindered by our evil. God knows the evil that we will commit, and he takes that and turns good out of it. This is the power of God. That even as we hear of the tragedy of the forerunner's death, we hear also of the joy that God has brought out of that. This is the great mystery, is that the devil is powerless. He's powerless. He thinks he has power over everything. We see this in the Old Testament, the story of Joseph, the righteous. Joseph, with all his brothers who had so much envy, envy, it's that same thing that Herodias had. So much envy that they wanted him dead. And by God's grace, he wasn't killed, but he was sent into slavery, and then he was wrongly accused when he was in Egypt and sent into prison. And God made something far greater out of that. All of the Jewish people were saved by Joseph. He became the great and beloved of the Pharaoh. And he even said to his brothers, when they, he finally revealed to them, they thought that he was going to do what? To kill them. That's the right thing to do in a worldly sense. You tried to kill me, now I'm going to kill you. So they thought that's what Joseph was going to do, and what did Joseph say? He said, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. Every situation in life bears that same equation. Every situation. 
There's nothing, no tragedy, how small or how great, that God does not see, and that God is not bringing about good, be it in this life or in the next life. Because I tell you, those whose lives are full of tragedy, they have such a blessed life after. Such a blessed life that we can't even imagine. God is the one who has overcome everything. This is what he said to his disciples. He said to them, fear not, I have overcome the world. This is the message of Pascha. This is ultimately revealed most clearly in our Lord's passion. He dies upon the cross. How did he go to the cross? He didn't bring himself to the cross. The devil did. The devil working through envious people once again. Envious people who were so filled with envy that they wanted to kill our Lord. So this great evil that they desire to enact, God allowed it to his own death in the flesh. And then the resurrection. To show us nothing is too big to be overcome by God. No evil is too great to be overcome by God. My brothers and sisters, the tragedy of the world will make us insane. It will make us fall into despair and depression and helplessness. And we in our weakness will cry out to our worldly leaders, begging them to fix things and make things better. And you know what? Evil will persist. Tragedy will persist. It will keep on going because we humans keep turning towards the evil one and joining with him. And none of us are immune from that. How many of us have all experienced envy? Envy that leads to murder, that's what we learn about today. We can't look to the world for solutions, but we can take confidence that our Lord will take all of those things in this great paradox. He will allow the devil to do his work so that he can bring about a greater good, a greater healing, everything better. I'll close with this passage that should bring everything out to the forefront. This is from Revelations. This is at the end of time. And God will wipe away every tear. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Forgive me. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Amen.